This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, Drive the Lane. We got a lot, a lot to talk about. It's basketball season, finally, only basketball season. Uh, Ohio State did not play in a national championship game, so we're definitely not going to talk too much about that. Urban and Ryan Day, Super Bowl next year, Jaguars versus Eagles. Justin Fields, where's he going? Where should he go? Should Urban take him? And we'll talk a little, little, little bit about my Cleveland Browns and how they're in the Elite Eight, but it might be coming to an end. And that's all coming up on Drive the Lane. But first things first, we're a college basketball podcast. We have a co-host that played on the Ohio State basketball team. And the Ohio State Buckeyes just beat Northwestern 81-71. to Joey, literally one minute ago the game ended. Immediate, no-filter thoughts. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, all, it's always great to win the big time. I think I was impressed with the team because E.J. Liddell didn't make a single field goal today, and they still won. The score would say convincingly. Um, you know, if you're watching the game, you know that with under, you know, four minutes left, it was cut to one, and then we kind of surged away at the end. So um, it was – if you can win a game without your best players making a field goal, that's unbelievable. Obviously, a win's a win. You celebrate every victory, but makes it even more celebratable that EJ didn't score. Um, but that also leads me to the point of, you know, last time we played Northwestern, we kind of we kind of folded, you know, like we got up, it was comfortable, they slowly came back. We had a chance to draw that line in the sand and say, nope, you're not getting any closer, and they ended up winning. Versus this time we drew the line in the sand and we surged on that little 10-0 run to end the game. And super, super, you know, impressed by that. Holman was so into the end of the game. It was so awesome. He was showing like Justice got that and one and Holman was right there celebrating on the bench, pumping his fist when Kyle had the and one. He got up and fist pumped, you know, like it was just so, so awesome. So I mean, those are the main takeaways. Obviously the individual performances, you know, Dwayne career high. Maybe it had something to do with the shirt that he wore to the game. Maybe it didn't. Uh, Michi Johnson coming in, huge boost off the bench, six points in the first half to for his first points of his career. Me and him have the same career highs. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could go into all uh, – Kyle Young was awesome tonight. And, you know, he's just like – you don't even have to – obviously, you don't have to run a play for Kyle Young, and he's still going to give you 12-8 and eight every single night. It's unbelievable. Um, and Justice stepped up in a huge way, too, because he had to play a lot of point guard because, obviously, Dwayne, he loves to have the ball in his hand, but he's not a true point guard. He's not, and he'll be the first to tell you that. So having Justice carry that weight a little bit with CJ being out and Jimmy being out, um, it was really – he stepped up and he needed to have a, a great game for his sake and Ohio State's sake. So, awesome win. I mean, celebrate every victory. I don't care if it's Northwestern or it's Michigan State. Like, a win is a win, and that was a great, great win. My favorite moment of the game was when the announcer was like, and Coach Holtman, he's in the uh, weight room, and uh, Ryan Day, they're not going to play one-on-one in basketball or uh, football, but he looks good. It just – it did not make any sense, but I, I – yeah. Yeah, you said, you know, because of COVID and their old age, like they don't want to get out there on the court or the field and prove themselves. But I know if I gave Coach Holman the basketball, like he could fill it up right now. And we're like, so they're like, oh, but it was just, what, it was like, weird. Run out it was to talk about there's two minutes left and it's a close game. But he like blended it together. He's like, Coach Holman, Ryan Day. You know, I mean, they're not probably not going to play one on one, but let's give him a ball. 
<laughs> just, yeah, there was a couple of questionable things. And I am so guilty of like thinking like I would do a way better job on the call of these games, which obviously like these guys are pros. I am not. Um, and he said a couple of things that we talked about already before we started recording. He said, number one, he said, now Dwayne Washington, that's a guy who could get you 30 in any given night. If you check the stats, Dwayne Washington before tonight has never scored more than 21 points. So it's going to be tough for him to get 10 more than that, um, you know, any given night, considering he's never done it. That and then not to be a, the bad guy here, but he said Justin Arns is great on defense. And we all know that Justin's strength is, is offense and shooting from the outside, which he showed tonight, and not, you know, he's not – he didn't come to Ohio State as a, as a lockdown defender. And, unfortunately, as soon as Bardo said that – that Arns is great on defense. You know, they got this guy on that scored a hundred points in the first half all against Justin. So yeah, not, I mean, he, it's what would have been funny is if we were saying the whole night, you know, Dwayne's never scored 30. Why did Bardo say that? And then he went for 30. That'd be awesome. And there was a point in the game where we thought it was going to happen. So I want, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Um, I said to Holtman before the season, I was like, hey, you know, we've seen a lot of games where Dwayne gets hot right at the beginning and he doesn't really sustain it. Or Dwayne gets hot in the whole second half, but, you know, it wasn't enough because in the first half he, it wasn't really there. Do you think we're going to see games this year where, like, start to finish we get a, a full Dwayne game? And it I mean, looked I sure like – I sure hope so. Well, it looked like it was going to be one of those games where he's just great in the first half and then you don't hear from him in the second half. But he ended up – rounding out you know he scored a little bit down the stretch after Northwestern's run but I would love to see like uh two threes in the first half 10 total points two threes in the second half 20 total points you know just like a like efficient great Dwayne game not not a three for 11 or three for 10 from three but I do think it's coming and I think when this team is at full strength I mean, they had no, they had no Jimmy Sotos, no C.J. Walker, no Aaron Kraft tonight. No one running the point, and they still. Wait, did Kraft tweet? Yeah, let's see if Kraft. No, he, he, no way he tweeted. I'll look. We joke that he has very uh, magic, magic Johnsony. Johnson Nothing. Nothing. We'll get we'll get something like tomorrow morning from Kraft. Yep. When he wakes up. Oh well, no, I guess he's he's here now. Anyway. Um, yeah, you know, the one thing that has kind of been tough, and me and my dad have joked about it in the past few games, is this this stretch with CJ being out would have been perfect. Joey, you're on standby time. Where if Jimmy Sonos got into foul trouble and they needed someone else, they needed another body, like that was literally my time to shine. And not in terms of I'm going to go out there and try and get buckets like I did at the end of games, but more of like, you could play meaningful minutes, you know? So it literally could have, it, I, I guarantee you, and this is, I'm tooting my own horn. I would have played in these games, which is crazy. So I'm a little upset that that never happened. Um, not really because that would have meant some of my teammates being hurt, but I've been on standby every, every year, including my freshman and sophomore year. I remember my freshman year, it was in the tournament against Akron. Someone was hurt on our team. I forget who it was, but they said, Joey, like, you have to be ready to play this game. Like, you have to be ready. So, and then my junior and senior year was, like, my senior year I actually played. And my junior year, there was a couple games where Cam Williams got suspended. And I, like, 
warmed up with the second team in warmups and I went through pregame workouts like I was playing and stuff like normally like I, I work out really hard before the game because I know I'm not gonna not, I know I'm not gonna play but these games like I had to take I had to prepare like I was gonna play so that's just one that's the last thing about this game is that you know like hey man you guys everybody wanted some Joey Buckets time like could have been some legit Joey Buckets time in the past few games but that's okay Unfortunately, we saw also a shorthanded team, but it went the other way. Not the result we wanted in the national championship football game. Not really a whole lot to say about it. I mean, Devontae Smith is, like, not exaggeration, not hyperbole, might be the greatest college wide receiver ever. Like, the single greatest season and single greatest game in the national championship. It was literally the perfect example of my favorite saying that hope is poison because for a quarter, we were like, holy moly, we, we can do this. We can, I believe we can do this. And then they flip that switch. I mean, Devontae Smith, you're so right. He is the best wide receiver that I've ever seen. I mean, playing college. How does it get any better than 12 for 230 and three touchdowns in the first half or whatever it was? I mean, the dude broke his hand and still set records without playing the second half. I mean, I would love to see him in a Bears uniform. I would be surprised if he's not a top five pick, right? I mean. I agree. I I think there's two – my two biggest takeaways from that game, they have nothing to do with Ohio State, okay? Three biggest takeaways. Number one, I just wish it was a better game. Like, I wish wish it wasn't over at halftime because even though technically it wasn't over at halftime, it just felt like it was over at halftime. Um, second thing, why the hell did Jalen Waddle play? But if I'm an NFL GM, as long as his medicals say he's good to go, the fact that he played in that game, it was limping. I'm like, holy shit. I want this guy. Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest combination of exactly what you said, right? It's why is he playing? And then, wow, look at his guts for playing. Like, that's pretty cool. I, I'm not a doctor. I heard that it was all pain tolerance and they couldn't get any worse. So why not throw him out there? Him limping is better than 98% of wide receivers in the country. Right. Yeah. So it was, it did look like, like medical malpractice though. Like he was yeah. out there running on a half of a leg. It looked like it was, <laughs> he was, waddling. I, I mean, he was literally waddling. <laughs> Jalen, Jalen waddle or Jalen limping <laughs> Two two more takeaways. The first one is, um, you know what doesn't work? Calling out your opponent before a game. And we saw it multiple times this weekend. And we're not going to talk about the Browns yet. But one, Juju, shut up, was saying the Browns Juju, are still the Browns. poo-poo shit booster. <laughs> and number two, Sean Wade saying, I want Devontae Smith. No, that's different. Hold on. Hold on. Hold I don't on. know. I don't Hold know. On. Juju saying the Browns are the Browns. They'll never be different is so different than the best cornerback on the team saying, yeah, who do you, who do you think I want to guard? I want to guard Devontae Smith. He I guess. Say, well, he shouldn't have guarded him. him. <laughs> he shouldn't have guarded him. And, yeah, and my last thing. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. My last we thing. Sean, we wish Sean Wade luck in the NFL draft. It's unfortunate for his personal draft stock that he came back to school, though. That's without a doubt. Unless and, he's playing out of position. That was like the default for Ohio State fans when they were like, we don't have a shutdown corner because Sean Wade's playing out of position. (laughs) Well, and the last thing I will say is 
I think they have to make a rule that the Heisman Trophy winner has to play in the national championship every every year, no matter what. Because it's so much more exciting because they're the best player in the country. And if their team's not in it, then they should just let them play on one of the two teams. Because last year with Burrow was incredible. This year with Devontae Smith, incredible. Like, you, you got to find a way to get the Heisman Trophy winner into the national championship every year. Yeah, I, it's so weird that all sports vote for these awards, most valuable player, most outstanding player, whatever, before the most important part of the season. I, the Heisman, okay, I get it. But if, like, what if it was down to Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Like, and then that game happens, and Trevor Lawrence ends up winning the Heisman. That doesn't make any sense, right? right. The, but the, the, the best example is, like, in the NBA – like, Giannis wins the MVP, which it's a regular season award. But, like, the dude, the, the dude shut down in the playoffs and they lose to a, to a worse Heat team. Yeah, and he goes like this. And he put the crown on his head. Yeah, it's just the NBA, like, NFL MVP is, is a little bit different because that guy is not playing both sides of the ball. They have an, they have an offensive, defensive, whatever, right? That's a, but in the NBA, like, you got to wait till the championship is decided to vote. Right, like if, like you're telling me if if Damian Lillard took that Portland Trailblazers team to the Western Conference semis last year, he should be the MVP. Yeah, he should. Yeah, and so, and also and also, um, a way to stay on track about the Ohio State national championship game. We lots of takeaways from that. Well, I feel bad for any wide receiver because if you're not a wide receiver, if you're a wide receiver you're not going to have a year as good as, as Devontae Smith. So if you're a wide receiver, you're not winning the Heisman. He has set the bar too high, and no one – like, I don't know the next time we'll see a wide receiver win the Heisman just because of how – Well, what, it was 20-something years last time, yeah. right? So probably another 20 and now the bar is set even higher. But this is not an Alabama show. If it was, we would keep going because Devontae – is Devontae Smith our favorite or favorite college player ever? He – no, Okay. Few things about Devontae Smith and why I love him so much. He is incredible. Obviously, won the Heisman. Stats speak for themselves. He's an unbelievable football player. He looks like he's 150 pounds soaking wet, which doesn't make any sense. And he's so humble and and nice. He's such a good guy. So easy to root for. His speech after the or his interview after the game, where Maria Taylor was like, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. He's like, he's like, man, like people come to Alabama for this moment. Like, I'm just so happy for my brothers. Like I, I would do anything for them. Shit like that. It's like, how do you not root for a guy that says that? Just like Justin Fields said that. Like, how do you not root for a guy? We should talk about Justin Fields probably, right? We definitely <laughs> should talk about Justin Fields. But last thing, I love that Najee Harris was like, what do you mean it was easy? He's like, those dudes were busting my ass. He's like, I had to work so hard to get open. And, and, and so I thought that was cool too, that he wasn't like, yeah, I, I destroyed them. They couldn't stop me, blah, blah. He was like, yeah. He was like, he was like, motherfucker, I'm just gonna be sore as hell tomorrow. <laughs> uh huh. All right, Justin uh, Fields. Yeah. So, I legitimately think there could be a chance that Urban Meyer is the coach of the Jags, and he has to decide if he wants to take Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I, I would rather start the conversation more of like a, hey, thank you, Justin Fields, because you are the best. I mean, not statistically, but he's the best quarterback in Ohio State history, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, 
JT Bear was awesome. He's no Justin Fields. Dwayne Haskins was awesome. He is no Justin Fields. So, I mean, Troy Smith the won, we, won the Heisman. No but. Justin Fields. Back, he was, yeah, no, thank you. Give me Justin Fields. Anyway, the fact that we might have only had one season of the best quarterback ever, but Justin Fields came back and played this year should not be taken for granted. He, I gained so much respect for him in the playoffs. It's unbelievable from him taking that shot in the ribs, coming back. That's an all-time performance. In, I mean, like in Ohio State history for sure. I mean, it's just I, – I think Justin Fields deserves the world from, from Buckeye Nation. He'll get it. Um, really sad to see him go. I don't even know CJ Stroud's the next quarterback, I guess he wears 14. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it stinks to see Justin Fields go out like that. Cause it'd been so cool to see him right off into the sunset, but yeah, man, I'm happy. He beat Hell of a career. I'm happy. He beat Clemson. I'm like, I'm it's like very satisfying that he was able to beat Clemson. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. It's not the same. But it's similar to, like, we got to the NCAA tournament my senior year. We won that first game, and we were like, all right, it's a success. This year is a success, which it's a little bit different because Ohio State, you come to Ohio State, and anything except for a championship is a failure. But in this case, hindsight, after seeing that Alabama might be the best team in college football history, that's a successful season. Not Because, first and foremost, they played it. And then second off, that they got to the championship. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just – yeah, I'm going to miss Justin Fields. Excited for the future, though. Speaking of the future, I really hope that, that Ryan Day is our coach next year. I think he will be. What do you think? So, I have, I have an interesting take. I hope he's – like, I mean, I would love if he's the Ohio State coach again. He's, he's an amazing coach, an amazing recruiter. But, 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 it would be very cool if he goes to the NFL. And I feel like Ohio State fans were kind of robbed of, like, an awesome coaching search because Day was, was essentially promoted. Not that that really matters, because he probably was the best candidate for the job. But outside I – mean, There's no one better in the whole country. Well, outside literally. of Alabama, outside of Alabama, like, if the Ohio State job opens, every single coach, and probably a lot of NFL offensive and defensive coordinators, would want that job. So that's the so only let's thing – let's play a game. Let's play a game. Who – and I know my answer – who, if Ryan Day leaves for the Eagles, even though the Eagles, I don't know if you, I have a couple like Philly, like follow Philly people that I follow that are Philly sports people, and they've tweeted out a hundred names in the past three days. So Ryan Day's on a long list of candidates. But if you had to guess, who do you want? However, you want to go with it. Who's the next coach of Ohio State if it's not Ryan Day? Well. My fear, and fear is kind of the wrong word, but you would think that they would probably be like, all right, you've, it's your turn, Luke Fickle. Like, that's probably what I think they would do based off what they've done in the past. But how cool would it be if Day takes the Eagles job and Joe Brady is like, well, I don't have an NFL job right now. Why don't I hit Columbus for a few years, win a national championship, and then – go get an NFL job, head coaching job, no problem. More money than I would have gotten after an offensive coordinator year at the Panthers. Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about that. I thought you were going to say Doug Peterson. That would be awesome. <laughs> no way he would do that. <laughs> the though. switch. No, I, I think it. they would literally hand it on a silver platter for Fickle, you know? like, And it, they should. Like, he is incredible. You saw what he did with Cincy this year. He's an Ohio guy. Like, it, it would be great. It would be cool cool 
like obviously like Heartline's not going to get the job, but like that would be pretty cool. You know, mm-hmm. like incredible recruiter. They're going to lose him eventually. So you might as well get him as the, as the, as the head coach. I mean, that makes no sense. Well, I mean, it, more likely than that would be Ohio state's offensive coordinator goes somewhere else and they promote Heartline. But usually guys that come in don't like, like they either promote right away or they start to get rid of the old staff. It's fick- It's got to be Fickle's job to lose. I feel like maybe he says no. He wouldn't say no. Maybe it's not possible. I don't know how that. Should if work. he said no to Ohio State, then he literally is waiting for the NFL. Which, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, because he, he said no yeah, to Ohio so State many jobs. Not, the the reason why I don't think Ryan Day will leave is number one. Like, how could it really be any better than Ohio State? Unless unless you want to coach in the NFL, but like, is the Eagles' job better than the Ohio State job? It's probably less. You're probably making less money in general. Not unless, I mean, dude, Ryan Day is getting paid eight million dollars a year, seven million dollars a year. There's a lot of NFL incentives, and there's a lot of NFL additional opportunities. Well, Ryan Day wouldn't go to the NFL if he was getting paid less. But I'm saying in general, a head coach in the NFL versus Ohio State, I think they've got to make less. Ohio State. Ryan Day has coached in the NFL before, and he doesn't have like that Ohio State like pull like previous coaches have had. You know, Trestle from Youngstown, Ohio, Urban, all the Ohio State connections. Like the the list goes on and on with Urban. Like I I feel like Day wouldn't feel as morally obligated to stay at Ohio State. But I don't think he should. You know what I mean? I don't think Ohio State in any scenario is like a stopover job. I don't think anyone takes Ohio State to get somewhere else. You know what I mean? I, I agree. You, but but if you get an NFL opportunity and you got to think about the NFL like this. If, 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 and no one wants this to happen, but we're realists. Let's say Ohio State has two years where they don't win the Big Ten Championship. Let's just say two years in a row, they don't win the Big Ten Championship. They don't make the playoff. Okay, it's a young quarterback next year, whether it's Stroud or whoever. You know, it's, it's, there's going to be question marks next year. What if Day kind of just loses his opportunities after two down years? I don't I, – yeah, I mean, I guess anything's possible. I, I don't think – I think when Ryan Day said that he's not going anywhere like he did last week, that he means it. And I think that part of the, the peaceful transition of power from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day – part of that handshake agreement that they had was, Hey man, like you're not going anywhere. You know, like I really do think that's part of it. So I would be so surprised if Ryan day went to the NFL, but how hilarious would it be if urban Myers in the NFL coaching against Ryan day, urban Meyer has Trevor Lawrence, Ryan day has, as Justin Fields. Like, I mean, no, Ryan day has Jalen hurts. Well, either way, it's just, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just I, – I think I've gone on the sh- on record on the show saying that Urban Myers just, in my opinion, doesn't seem like he's fit for the NFL. And he said that too. Yeah. On the show, he said, I don't want to coach the NFL. There's too much losing. Yeah, but, but – But but you're getting paid $12 million to lose. It's not that bad. I also think the the recovery time 
the, the losses mean so much more. I, I forget who I was listening to on the radio saying this the other day, but the losses, I think it was Keyshawn Johnson, the losses mean so much more in college. Yeah, they mean not next to nothing in the NFL, especially if he goes with Jaguars. I don't understand how he, Urban Meyer, who is addicted to winning, and that's all he thinks about, everything he does is to win, how he's going to go to a team that's going to go 4-12. and 12. Because he's, he's, essentially, he's essentially going to a, a fresh start program where you don't have to win right away, and you're essentially recruiting your quarterback. And think about how many Ohio State players there are in the NFL – that would be like, oh shit, let me go, let me go play for herbs, let me go play for coach. Compared to like a Cliff Kingsbury, like there's not that many Texas tech guys in the NFL. Like yeah, no, no. I, hey man, however Urban wants to view it that makes him want to take the NFL job. I think it's football's better with him coaching. I mean, I it's just it would be it would be very I Big Cat says it all the time. It's like Urban is best because he's a master motivator of these college kids. And he would get these college kids to run through a brick wall because he controls every fiber of their being. From waking up at 5 to going to sleep at 11 o'clock, Urban controls that time in between. And in the NFL, that's not true. So, I mean, it's just – it'll be interesting. I'm afraid that if Urban goes to the NFL that Ohio State might lose some guys too, like like Mickey Marotti. You know, I don't think he'd leave, but, like, I mean – He's going to grab – he's going to assemble a, an incredible staff, and whether that means Heartline or uh, Coombs, Combs, you know, whatever, whatever that means, he's going he's gonna to have his – anyone is anyone would leave and go, go coach with him, anyone in the country, I think, because if you win seven games and look good with the Jaguars, it's your stepping stone to, to your own NFL job. Speaking of NFL – Last thing we'll say, then we'll get you out of here. Cleveland Browns, Elite Eight. It's cool calling it the Elite Eight, only even though you only need to win one game to get there. Yeah, I love, I love calling. I love that you're calling it the Elite Eight, like they've made it 100 rounds in the NCAA tournament. The Elite Eight. Baker's hot. Baker Corvette, Corvette. Good. Juju's a bum. Chase Claypool says the Browns are going to get clapped. I say this. We shall Is see. Is he wrong? Is he wrong? <laughs> The Chiefs' defense is not very good, and their rushing defense is terrible. And the Browns have top three rushing. Sucks. Their quarterback sucks, and their coach is is not clever. He doesn't come up with good plays. Andy, what if uh, what if this was the fantasy football championship? Obviously, you had Mahomes this year, and it was for like fifteen thousand dollars. And you're playing against Chubb and you have Mahomes. Would that be sad? Would that be your worst nightmare? Wait, wait. I'm, so I'm a Browns fan in this scenario? You're, you are, you're Andrew Zolden. Oh, and I have Mahomes and I'm going against Chubb. Chubb, oh. and it's for $15,000 or something crazy. Oh, that would be bad. Yeah, your nightmare. But I, I'm excited for the Browns because, like, they have officially reached the – it's the same thing with Ohio State football – and me in the NCAA tournament, retroactively, you're going to look back at this and be like, who gives a fuck that they lost to the Chiefs if they lose? I, I, don't, I think it's going to be closer than people think for sure. But, like, who cares that they lost to the Chiefs? They beat the Steelers and made the playoffs. Like, it's a successful season already. You know, like they're playing with house money, right? Is that how you feel or not? 
that's how I feel, and that's how I say I'm gonna feel like after the game. Like I'll be like, it's a it's a win win scenario. Either we beat the Chiefs or we made it this far. But like the second the game starts, if we lose, I'm gonna be so pissed. Obviously, but oh yeah, I'm not not saying you should be happy with the outcome. I'm just saying like in four weeks, in a month, you know, you'll look back and be like, yeah, it sucks that we lost, but like, hey, we beat the Steelers and we made the playoffs. Like that's a successful season. Exactly. All right. We will talk to you next week and we'll have a guest and the Browns will be getting ready for the final four. <laughs> and do we have any basketball games this weekend? Uh, me personally? The Bucks. Oh. Uh, yeah, we play Illinois this weekend. Oh, Great yeah. Sar- Saturday against Illinois. AO oh. versus uh, Kraft. Should I get uh, should we should I call the tulip and ask for a for a live prediction real quick? <laughs> Do you think he'll answer? Yeah, he'll answer. Why don't we why don't we brag to him on the next episode? Yeah, that's fine. No, we yeah. love you, Mike. We're not calling you. Um that'll be an interesting game. It's basketball season, so expect some basketball uh guests, like current current players on other teams in the Big Ten coaches, what you name it, NBA guys, we're, we got some stuff in the pipeline. So um, don't get, don't get too used to me and Zoldan just talking to you guys. Um, We'll have some guests and some fun stuff here coming up shortly. So um, buckle up, drive the lane. Yeah. Go Buckeyes.